1: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode of the show... We're just talking about a good old fashioned ass whooping that the Colorado Rockies put on the Miami Marlins, a three game sweep, Patrick, where the Rockies, the home club, of course, they don't, they don't do this on the road, but they haven't really done this at home until this stand either outscored their opponents 34 to 14.
0: This was all about bringing it back to the nineties. This Entire series, this entire week, I think in a lot of ways, brought me back to 90s era Rockies, the Blake Street Bombers, a team that, you know, when they would play the Cubs, Cubs were awful. And okay, that's fine. Cubs fans, you can show up to Coors Field, but you're going to get whooped. And that's what happened. And then the Marlins come in and it doesn't matter who they've got. Hey, promising. There's a lot of potential there. But again, another serious butt whooping. So between that and the all-star game with all the reminiscing about 1998, the Blake Street Gomber, and just the, the general love of 90s aesthetics and remembering the 90s very fondly right now at being being very hip thing. It just felt like that with this series. We, you just went to the ballpark and you saw some serious butt whooping. You saw a lot of home runs. You didn't worry about altitude or a humidor because you didn't know what a humidor was in the
1: 90s. <laughs> right.
0: And it was just, it was fantastic and it was fun. Above all else, it was fun.
1: It was so much fun. This, Yeah, there, there were a lot of fireworks. I think actually we should, because it's a bit of a unique one this week, actually uh, frame a lot of this conversation around our 20th in Blaze and get right into it. Because as, as most of you know, this, Ongoing thing we do with the series wraps, you know, we run out the 20th and blaze. we we find you the five guys who are are going for the Rockies right now over the last series or two. And, you know, uh, you know, you, you all have watched the season, you know, there have been those weeks where we've gone. Well, shoot, throw Michael Givens in at number five, because he's the only reliever that didn't get shelled this week. And that counts for something, you know, you're kind of reaching for spots four and five. Um but right now there are so many guys in fact patrick but before we actually look at the list let me submit this to you outside of the bullpen who on this roster would you say that guy's struggling right now josh Fuentes. right and he got he set I, you, down
0: you weren't really you weren't really uh, asking me that like in seriousness because there's, there's nobody right now. And I don't even think you worry about the bullpen. And that was something that I thought about, you know, at the eighth and ninth inning and, and Gilbreth and Bowden with the lead runner on and eventually the, the home run by Jesus Aguiar in the ninth inning. And I, I sort of thought, well, you know what? This was the bullpen that I thought would have been okay if the starting pitching was where it needed to be this season, which it absolutely has been maybe even a little bit better than that. Yeah. And if the offense just supports that starting pitching with runs, then – you would be totally fine with what you get from the bullpen. So even in that instance, I'm kind of okay with that. So yeah. really, I I don't think there's there's anybody struggling. I'd re- I really have to look because it's and, it, and it, at this point you don't want to find that person because are you picking hairs? Why do we want to know who's struggling? Because Ryan. everyone is living their best life right now with so the Colorado and, and- Rockies.
1: I appreciate Jake in the comments. Remember to be here on the okay. YouTube so you can play along saying, you know, Hampson, Hampson, certainly not, not knocking the cover off the ball and, and lighting the world on fire right now. But Hampson is absolutely contributing to these big games with the, the hits here and there, the fantastic defense, the base running, uh, you know, and certainly if you're comparing him to where he was earlier in the season, when he was, he really just couldn't hang in there against right-handed pitching at all. Um, you know, he, he's, Yeah, so but but I would agree Hampson, and I thought of Daza. Daza was having a much better stretch earlier. Right now, you know, his kind of the IL. Yeah, he just came back. Give him a and and mark. Yeah, (laughs) Hampson, Daza. They're not again, they're not lighting the world on fire, (laughs) but they're also playing less because the guys in front of them are playing so well right now. So even then, yeah, you're kind of reaching for those moments and
0: and I'll throw in something positive about Hampson is that he batted leadoff last night and played third base Mm -hmm. he had played two innings of third base ever ever professional since being drafted in the second a third round at a long beach state university and there he is starting batting leadoff. something that i thought maybe had never happened turns out rafael enoa 2014 there's a name for you he did it. DJ LeMay, he was the one right before that.
1: There were, the they, position I, uh, uh, Raphael, Raphael Inouye is the, the position player like, version of me. Johan Flander. <laughs> it's, it's, it really is. That's so perfect.
0: Yeah, after oh, talking about Rafael Ortega uh, for, for three days with the, the Cubs, Raphael and Noah. hey, man, we haven't forgotten about you.
1: Fantastic. Uh, yeah, Patrick, so let's get into the 20th and Blaze because this is actually, and you were kind of alluding to this a moment ago, where we begin, so we, we had to we had to clump them into groups. We just had to clump them into groups. So we're starting at number five here, with actually the unit that's been the best for the Rockies all season, but really during this homestand, where they if Tapia hangs on to that ball, they just went six and zero on the homestand. Uh, the starting pitching was fine. Gomber had a really nice start in there. Marquez. Had a dominant start in there. But other than that, you know, Gray couldn't get out of the fifth in his game. Had the big three run double that I just talked about that popped out of of Tapia's glove from Patrick Wisdom. Freeland was good in his first game of the homestand, but today, similarly, you know, really struggled in that fifth. Kind of gave the Marlins some life to get back in the game a little bit. That ended up affecting the bullpen. I think Bud Black would really have preferred to have gotten another inning out of Freeland there. Sensatella was cruising until he wasn't and got knocked out of the game and couldn't finish his fifth. So the starting pitching lately has been fine, good, kept it in the game, not as dominant as they've been for the rest of the year. But with what the offense has been doing lately, it's been good enough. And you do still have those seven innings or or seven strikeouts, eight strikeouts, no walks out of Marquez, stuff like that. Gomber just set his career high in strikeouts. So you go – if you're still getting those moments out of a time when your pitching hasn't been quite as good as it has been the rest of the year, just another signal of how quality these guys have been.
0: And when you think they're they're not going to put the pedal to the metal, they they've still given those big innings uh, over the course of a game, six, seven innings, whatever it is. Again, Freeland not able to do that today, but not giving back those runs when you've got a serious cushion and you can already feel the vibes in the stadium that oh no, this is going to be a victory because those vibes can definitely be deceiving at Coors Field on any given, any given day. And honestly, I don't think the vibes have necessarily been there quite as much this season. Uh, last year's season, there was almost no vibes cause there were no fans,
1: but, <laughs> Real but, vibes but, all,
0: but you could, you could almost see it in a sense like, Hey, this is fun. Rocky should come away with the victory. When we have to sweep. It's all good. You still know in the back of your mind all of the the great stuff that just happened for Rockies hitters and and what the offense was able to do and break out. You know that well. The other team plays in this ballpark too, and we do know that that can happen. So, uh oh, but we didn't really have we have to worry about that. Uh oh, as far as it uh, concerned the starting pitching.
1: Right. Yeah, and and again, I, I've been doing. I don't know exactly why. I've, for, I've been thinking about Jorge De La Rosa a lot last like week or so because I like to, and and thinking about these these types of games and how he basically made a career out of not letting those moments get to him, giving up three or four runs, and and it's why he won seventy five percent of the games he started at Coors Field, which is just an unbelievable statistic and it's real and it's or or it may be i I sometimes i don't know if he recorded the win or the rockies won in 75 percent of the games that he started because having recorded the win would seem even more difficult so i would guess it's it's the latter i it's been a while since i've looked up that stat but it's it's in the mid-70s, and you're just going, and it's because and you you see like the way Kyle Freeland competed today, sliding into second to break up a double play up seven yeah. one. Like you just the, the battle that this group has Marquez Freeland Gray, we see it now with Gomber Sensatella. If that's what they're gonna build around, it's a they're at least phenomenal to watch.
0: <laughs> I think in that moment, what what you saw there specifically in a 7-1 game when You know, you lost Brendan Rodgers yesterday, um, getting hit by a pitch, and you go, eh, you're holding your breath. You're hoping we can obviously get to that uh, later on down the line. But I think what you're seeing is the embodiment of what the organization, or rather what the players on the field were like in 2019, where they were las cucarachas, like we're not going to die, we're not going to give up. And they talked that talk at the beginning of the season, and they ultimately weren't able to walk that walk because – You know, they, they had issues at various times. They could only get two thirds of the club going in the same direction, whether it was the bullpen, maybe failing them. Maybe the, the offense was doing it, but the starting pitching wasn't, or the offense was struggling on the road, whatever it was, they couldn't actually be those snakes in the grass. And now after the trade deadline, they still have story around. He's kind of feeling a little bit more reinvigorated and recharged. And now they're going back out. Now you have to pump the brakes a little bit because we are talking about the Cubs and Marlins, but that's all we're talking about. We're talking about Cubs tomorrow, So let's talk about how great it was. Sure. You, you give it up for the starting pitching and you give it up for number four on our list, the outfield. And we're not talking about the musicians behind Charlie Blackman's walk-up. We're talking about Tapia. We're talking about Blackman. We're talking about Sam Hilliard. We're talking about Hampson and Daza to a degree, but really, Tapia doing it again in in the quiet way that he does it sometimes and makes a little more noise noise than others uh, than at other times. But Hilliard, obviously the one making a lot of noise
1: in that Rockies outfield. They've been fantastic too. Yeah, I think, you know, Blackman basically set the standard. And again, if we're going back, I see Steven here in the comments looking at since June 28th. You and I have talked about, you know, just since the All-Star break, this team has been much, much better. And I think the leader of that has been – Charlie Blackman, I think he got it all started. That was your big prediction coming into the second half and and major tip of the cap to you on that one, because he really can. And again, he's not the, you know, 35 home run pace, Charlie Blackman. He's been at other times the best leadoff hitter ever. Like he was that one year, he's just been very, very steady. And I think him providing that steadiness in the middle of the lineup has kind of allowed everybody to sink back into their natural, uh, rotations and do what they do well. So Charlie setting the standard, like you said, Tapia very quietly had another like 12 or 13 game hits hitting streak going that got broken up. Uh, hopefully he, he's doing fine. I had to come out of this one Mention Hilliard uh, hot, hot, hot as anybody in this lineup hit another absolute, no doubt second deck scorcher today. Um, but probably more exciting was the single that he hit through the left side because You know he can hit the ball 450 feet. It's those other at-bats we need to see out of Hilliard. And don't forget, as a part of the outfield now, Joe, 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 Joe. I mean, dude, uh, uh, can you see? I got just getting into the goosebumps. Two home runs today. The big one early, really, as part of it. That was huge. Well, And really late to steal some of the momentum. Coming back as the Marlins and – Really started to build a little bit, and to to give this Rockies struggling bullpen that extra run uh, for for Buddy to to not have to go and get Chassin or Bard or, or even Kinley or whomever you know <laughs> goodness uh,
0: his his home run on Saturday night and the home run today on Sunday gave them that seventh run. That's right. And Connor loves his tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Got to respect that. Yeah, he's um, he's been fantastic and. I'm definitely looking to do a little deep dive statistically and and some of the things he's been doing lately, again, particularly from the time that he hit his first home run to now having another two home run game. It happens in in players' careers, but how frequently has that happened in Rockies history? I definitely would like to know that overall the Rockies coming into this game um, had uh, the second best producing outfield uh, according to wins above replacement fan graphs and fan graphs can be a little bit harder on the Rockies when they're at home than, yeah. than something like baseball reference. And they were fifth overall in baseball, second in the NL going into this game. And as we said, Connor Joe having the two home runs Hilliard going two for four with a home run, you know, Tapia coming out early, but then, you know, Blackman doing some things, still able to score twice and, and drawing a walk. So, Uh, Just an all around great day for the outfield and you really got to hope that they can, they can continue this moment. There's so much momentum that even if they can only hold on to half of it, you're going to be really happy with it. And that, that's the kind of the thing you have to hope for. I mean, that's something that I'm sure Bud Black would, would probably, you know, love. I'd love to get his real comments, real thoughts on that, right? Because you don't want to, you know, kind of have a bad bill of sale to a degree, but you'd have to say, you know what? No, let's go out and get everything we can. So we're super hot. So even if we only get half of that out on the road, which you'd understand because again, we know about the hangover, you're going to be really happy with that. So this has got
1: to be as good as they've felt going into a road trip all season easily. Right. So yeah, man. But I, I sent this out on Twitter. I think Connor Joe is one of the most fun things happening in all of baseball right now that, you know, that he's breaking out in this way, that he's truly earned his spot. The home runs and stuff are great, but that he that he puts together such a confident and non anxious at bat for a guy who's been through so much and is trying to prove himself. And is, you know, when you're a twenty seven, twenty eight year old rookie, your, your career can be twenty six games and over. Like our friend Alex Castellanos, if you remember from several podcasts ago, those of you doing your trivia homework, there's a name for you. But uh, I'm I'm so into this Connor Joe thing, and it just you know, well, you hope it lasts forever. You know, it's baseball, so the chances are are not always with you. But uh, and I agree with where it was it was the Jedi's hut saying seeing him earlier in the year, and he, and he just looks awesome. Like there's something like remember the, the that comment the thing in, in Moneyball where they make a joke about how old scouts used to that they, they look for good body guys, like we're looking for Fabio. Well, Connor Joe is a Fabio,
0: like I mean he's like, got the hair to back it up. We know dude. that.
1: Yeah, we know that. Um oh before we get to our next one, let's go ahead and remind everybody about becoming a member at the DNVR.com, getting access to all of that written content. Getting discounts constantly on hats and shirts. Getting a bigger beer down at the DNVR bar from our friends at Breck Brew. Getting access to our Discord channel. Getting a free shirt when you order your annual subscription there. Uh, All kinds of fun reasons to become a member. Got to get down to the bar. One thing, got to give a shout out for those of you who are into the fantasy football. I haven't done in years. Maybe we should do one. Maybe we should do a DNVR Rockies Fantasy football, like just the baseball people, we're gonna have we're gonna do a, a fantasy football league. I don't know, but if we get it together. If you if you want to do your parties down at the DNVR bar, you should absolutely get in contact with so us. Cool. They're gonna hook you up with all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, it's for everyone, not just for members, that we do hope that you're members. You sign up to host your party at the dopest bar in town, you receive two free pitchers of beer, one Breck beer, and a pitcher of your choice. Uh, one of the other drafts uh, of your choice. So all you need to do is call the bar from 3 p.m. or later. Or the easiest way is actually send an email to the GM, just GM at the DNVR bar.com GM at the DNVR It's, it's going to be a fun, fun winner for all of that stuff. And I know that while I'm looking into my fantasy football stuff, I'm going to be, of course, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If I'm, if I'm going all in, may as well go all in, play some bets. I know nothing about where football teams are at right now, but I'm just going to go and listen to a couple DMBR DMVR Broncos uh, preseason shows. I'll be all caught up. <clears throat> I will take RK's advice on anything, and I will just let RK and Andre tell me what I should put my money on. And you should do the exact same. Get on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Right now, really is the absolute best time. If you've never gotten on before, if you want to take advantage of the promo and make sure that your first hundred bucks of betting is basically free, download right now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up because you'll turn a $1 into a hundred dollars in free credits if America wins a medal. They won. Hundreds of them, I'm pretty sure at this point. <laughs> it's you got code. a silver medal in baseball. Gotta love that. Yes, yes, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about that a little bit here soon. I love, I love international baseball and all those kinds of things. So, uh, so yeah, it's code DNVR. Turn one dollar into hundred dollars in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be twenty-one or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call one 4700 all righty. Where are we at? Number three? Place. We've got, oh,
0: the infield the just infield. being generally <laughs> awesome. And, of course, we have to talk about everybody except one in particular person. You'll figure out who that is yeah. in just a moment. But Brendan Rogers, he extended his hitting streak. I think I started counting up ahead. Is he at 14 now?
1: Uh 13 or, or 14? 14. Did he, I think it's 13. And then, yeah, and which he had end. gotten –
0: and going in and saying, okay, so tomorrow will be 14. I started getting very anxious about it. He's right. going, story, 10-game hit streak as well. Uh, you know, McMahon putting together some some better at-bats. and He's been getting some more off days here and there, uh, what you like to see with the offense being fine without him. And really, generally, before the injury, well, let's talk Trevor Story, Brendan Rodgers, a fantastic combination, really – really offensively doing things much like the early days of LeMahieu and Story, but Story's the young right. guy and Lemahieu's more the veteran guy, providing that consistency. It's kind of almost switch roles it's in this flipped, yeah. bizarro season.
1: But it's uh no totally. They've been so much fun to watch. Story really for his last ten, eleven games, has has looked like a totally different guy. You know, he'd really struggling going into the all-star break, first couple of games out of, um you know, the trade deadline, all that stuff. And then it seems like it took him three, four days to kind of recover from all the drama. And now he's playing some of his best baseball of the season. Uh, Brendan Rogers really for the last two or three weeks has been the Rockies most consistent player, arguably. And yeah, Jake beat me to it by just a moment. The six, four, three glove flip uh, for oh. the single out on the, I've seen versions of that, before but never done in that way in that spot quite like that ever before that was really creative and uh probably the first time all year i thought to myself trevor story looks like he's having so much fun out there
0: one of the reasons why i also haven't seen a play like that before is because the shift was on that already wipes away one hundred plus years of baseball highlights they had <laughs> seen, because right. that was a non-factor. So you had Story's momentum already, kind of going towards first base, and Rogers almost flat-footed because he was out of the play. And there was this awareness that hey, there's there's a no-hitter on the line here. We've I've got to make this play somehow. Also, I think Rogers may have even been standing in the line of fire. So even if Story would have gotten to his knees. Ah, uh, that could have been a little awkward, but kind of it was it was fantastic. The five six five three out one it was a single play; it wasn't right, like a double right. play, and he beat him by like twenty five steps. You know, poor yeah, I gonna say poor Jazz Chisholm, but I mean, <laughs> sometimes when you have that kind of luck, you're like, yeah, hey, I'm supposed to be hitting for the cycle here at Coors Field. I'm I'm ready to start doing some trade Turner like things, right. and no, he's got Trevor Story and Brendan Rogers making you know it, almost an all time play certainly all time
1: for uniqueness. If Marquez goes on and completes a no hitter or something in that game, that's play of the year, (laughs) you know, as is it, you know, high points for uniqueness. Still, like you said, if it had been a little closer play at first, maybe some other, but uh, what am I nitpicking at? That was awesome. (laughs) Again, fun, just really fun
0: baseball. It was really fun. Well, since we are talking about the infield, we should get to the number two guy, Mr. C.J. Krone, who I think hit 17 homers on this homestand, I, I'm not exactly yeah. sure what yeah, the numbers at. Today. another two home run game, including the grand slam. He had he earned tacos all by himself uh, with the grand slam, <laughs> and so low tacos are rare. It's it's fantastic, you know. He's he's been better than advertised, I think, and 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 that's kind of a a misstatement because I don't necessarily know how CJ Crone was advertised. I I know, you know what, what was trying to be sold, but I don't know that I was buying that advertisement. It was just, yeah, yeah. If he's healthy, yeah, he's going to be pretty good. He's going to hit a lot of home runs and, uh, but he might be starting over some of the young guys. And I don't necessarily think that's a great choice for the organization, but he's been in and out of the lineup. The right exact amount. And when he's been in the lineup outside of a couple you know, uh, gaps in his play and just general slumps. He's been really, really good. And even in those games in which he hasn't been a factor, he's in there drawing a walk. He's in there getting on base at, in, in a spot that ends up being crucial. I think. I think he ended up uh, factoring into that Jacob Degrom game at the beginning of the season when uh, he, he ended up walking. One of those games where you know right. he scores a run, and you go, "How did they score a run? Because they've got like two hits and." It, it doesn't seem like they were able; they would be able to do anything. And CJ Cronin is the reason why, because he's getting on base and he's going to take those walks. He's being patient. He's he's the veteran version of of Connor Joe, and he just looked outstanding today.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, home runs number seventeen and eighteen. Uh, I don't think this is counting today. So a, a one fifteen OPS plus on the season before his seven ribbies in a single game uh, in this one. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have the extra two homers. So yeah, you know, I think he's been leading the Rockies in OPS plus for most of the season. Sometimes it was McMahon there for a little while. Um, And, you know, all right, universe, (laughs) I wanted this so badly two, three years ago. He would have been the perfect addition to this team. But I've willed three Rockies acquisitions into existence. I'm convinced of it. Of course, I did. Right? Just Crone came too late. Uh, Nieshek and and uh, Lacroix totally nailed those ones. So I'm just going to start saying the name Starling Marte once a day on the podcast. I'm just going to start saying it once a day. I just to. I'm just putting it. I'm just saying the name. You're all hearing me say it, and it's out there. Starling Marte. I like Mark Cano a lot too. I'm looking at outfield free agent, but Crone is a perfect Colorado Rockies player, and he always would have been, and he always should have been. And if you'd have paid CJ Crone half of what you gave Ian Deven, and I do believe around there, and started signing these one-year deals with everybody, you'd have just get him a multi-year deal. It wouldn't have taken. Ian Desmond money you know won the division comfortably in 2018 now you don't know you never know guys get hurt and he's had some injury issues and you look back and forth you know do you match exactly the numbers whatever I'm look <laughs> the guy is a like you just said he's a professional hitter whose gap-to-gap power plays extra well at a place like Coors Field whose approach is just perfect for someone who's going to have to deal with the hangover effect. And he'll just go on the road and take his walks where a lot of guys over the years are like, I don't want to hit. I want to, I want to hit my way out of this problem. CJ's just like, throw me a mistake or I'll stand here. And (laughs) that's the, the grand slam today came because he didn't bite on any of the first three pitches that were somewhat close. Uh, he works his way into these 3-0, 3-1 counts, and then he takes his all-out hack. He was trying to hit a grand slam. It wasn't like, you know, he he, he was making sure that ball was in the air and hard. Like I just I, I love everything about his approach. There's been talk lately that the Rockies might try to bring him back for next year, and that's why they didn't trade him. And if that's the reason, that's the best reason. If they really are trying to build next year and they can bring this guy back for two years at three or four million a year or, or or let you know a, a lower level contract, so he's really not not up Get some twilight years out of him if you want to turn it around and run it back with free agents. That's a good. That's a good addition to your team. I think he's a guy who's still got several more years of one ten OPS plus in him. You know, he just puts together such a good at bat. It
0: would have. It would have been interesting to have that kind of historical fiction uh, of, you know, what happened if CJ Crone would have been on the Rockies earlier, you see what, you know, the angels ultimately got in return, uh, from, uh, from Tampa at the time. And then Tampa even lets him go on, on waivers. So, you know, they, they would have had a chance at least to bring him in for the 2019 season. So you know the Ian Desmond yeah. signing was was two years before he was really kind of. Okay, so it was a trade. I was going to trade. Not You afraid. would have preferred CJ Crone over Daniel Murphy, and that's where and and because Crone wasn't so making a lot of money, you could add Crone.
1: And LeMade in fact, I think it. I did. I I would bet money on DraftKings that I wanted CJ Crone <laughs> over Daniel Murphy. <laughs> so well, so far he has uh, no. he
0: has a career high in walks already
1: in 93
0: games he already has a career high in walks uh home runs he's not going to get to the 30 that he got with tampa bay uh partially because he's he's probably not going to end up playing you know anywhere close to 140 games but career high rbi 78 he's at 59 right now so that's within yeah. yeah that's within striking distance so that it will is th- most certainly be interesting oh. to keep tabs on that
1: yeah, the uh, the third Grand Slam of the season. First Rockies player to ever hit three Grand
0: Slams. Do we know who else it, has season. done it twice? I, I tried uh, digging up that information and didn't have luck on uh, baseball reference. No, we'll they curious didn't. curious to it. know who else has, has done it twice. Has well, Pat, actually, Hasn't Pat done it twice? Or no, he just did the pinch hit Grand Slam. That sounds
1: plausible to me. You know, they didn't announce it. I was in the press box for the first six innings today, and I, I didn't hear that, so. Um, I also didn't hear what's going on with Tapia either. They never announced that. Uh, but there was a lot going on. The Marlins had like three or four dudes come out of the game. Jorge Alfro had shortness of breath.
0: Um, Miguel Rojas got Miguel thrown Rojas out. And I can <laughs> can any, does anybody have eyes on Miguel Rojas? I don't know if he's at the DNVR bar right now. An invitation may have been sent out. He may have accepted I it. He may have gone too. down. We don't have any confirmation. So if so you're at the good. bar right now. Please let us know if Miguel
1: Rojas is in the building. Oh, that was great. I loved how slow a burn him getting angry about it was because he was mad, but then he just started. <laughs> just, he's chirping at the Home plate Umpire a little bit. And I think first, and I, I didn't look up. Sorry, there was so much going on. The first base umpire uh said one thing. I'm probably I'm sure it was probably like, all right, that's enough. I'm sure it was, but then that that was. Yeah, that was like, no, you don't get to say stuff. And it was a slow jog all the way out just to just to do this in front of the umpire, in front of thirty thousand people, so we can all see what a check swing was like.
0: And it's funny, I actually had thought before the game, not that anyone was gonna get thrown out, but when I looked at the umpiring crew, Mark Carlson was the only name I recognized. Like, you know, if if you're yeah, into I mean, the umpiring I mean, game and just I don't just, even yeah just look, just looking at names and noticing them for me because I don't really focus in on it too much there's always two you you know you probably know or you've at least heard of a third yeah. you're like I've seen that name around and then the fourth the young guy on the squad that you're like okay I don't mm-hmm. know him but in a couple years I will and I noticed with this crew Mark Carlson was the only name remotely familiar Ryan addition or Aditon was, was behind home plate mm-hmm. at second, Chris Siegel. Yeah. And then at third base, one of the main protagonists in, um, uh, oh. I just, the great Gatsby, Jordan Baker was at third base. Oh, and so sure. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. So I technically do know two of the names, but it one was... is a, a fictional character from a F Scott Fitzgerald. No, so it's so exactly. I don't think I actually do know that person. So that is kind of unique. And you, and you wonder, that would be one where, you wish you were a fly on the wall or wish you could ask someone like, what's going on? Is there some kind of dynamic? Was Carlson trying to protect his younger crew? I mean, again, it it was his call, but maybe he's just letting them know like, man, you guys have been barking all weekend with my young crew here. Some of the, maybe some of them had just gotten called up from AAA, whatever it is. But you know, there are those dynamics where, Hey, as an umpire, I need to protect my crew more than I need to be true to the situation. And either eject or not eject a guy, right? There are yeah. those dynamics at times
1: totally. that could have
0: been part of it. Could have oh, been. Oh, for sure,
1: know? I agree with Jake in the in the comments section. Though, and I said this in our Discord at the time. I, th- I thought it was a brutal call. Again, I was in the I was sitting up in the press box at that point, and you've got a pretty good view of a right-handed swing from our vantage point just down the first base line. I was like, mm, really looked like he held up. Then they showed an over-the-top view, and I thought he definitely held up. And then they showed the side view, and I thought I was a little closer than I thought. Still. Um, that's one of those things where I prefer umpires just do less. And that's probably where Rojas is coming from there. Like, man, look, don't take And that's how hitters always feel this way. I'm sure the phrase at some point came out, don't take my bat away from me. That's how that always feels to a hitter. So I get why he's upset there, but it was funny. Um, All all told. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) The only thing we cannot take away. Number one. At number one, the home Rockies, just the whole GD team this week, going five and one on the homestand, damn near perfect. In fact, if you ask some people in our company, they swept the Cubs, so technically they (laughs) did go six and zero. They did. Um, Oh, that one catch, obscure reference only Drew and I get. I I'm sorry for doing that, but it it felt like they had swept the Cubs in a lot of ways. Again, you know the, the the Cubs go into every series. Oh, and Oh, and one, like they, they've already lost before they've entered the building because right. no one knows who the heck is on that team. So the Rockies, they came in and did what you would hope they would do. Like, I mean, even in a good, even in a winning season, you, you go, all right, well, you got to go five and one. And of course they go three and three or four and two. And that's sure. just something that, that plagues a lot of teams where sure. as soon as you start, you know, penciling in those wins, you end up getting losses. And this one, again, since the trade deadline happened, it's just, okay, it's kind of a new season. Let's have them play. Let the kids have fun. And they went out and they had a lot of fun, 5-1 and one at home, at Coors Field. Super exciting. And then the next time they come back, it's against the the Padres and, and D-backs. And it could be more fun if, if the Rockies do have the Padres number, like they say do in San
1: Diego. Perfect. Played them well so
0: far. Diamondbacks are really bad. So, hey, maybe
1: more fun's on the way for these home Rockies. So, I saw a, a stat on the television the other day. So, you know, the ATT and t Sportsnet team and, and all their research, whatever, that this is the third best home winning percentage in Rockies history. <laughs> and that's just – and you're just like, oh, man, really? You're going to waste it on this year? But it is – it's not totally wasted. It, first of all, it's a lot of fun. Remember that sports are about fun and having fun day to day. Enjoying your baseball team is not a waste. It's not. It's not an it doesn't matter situation. It's it's what it's literally what sports are for. It's okay. Um, yeah, they only have
0: they'd only uh, swept a series at home twice. In '96, they won a seven-game series against the Padres and Giants and in 2002 they won a six game series against the phillies and pirates so yeah so yeah so right so as far as that goes so i mean they've they've gone 6 and 1 and 8 and 1 and 9 and 1 a couple of times here and there but if you're just talking about losses yep that's that's pretty darn good yeah. it's up
1: there and this uh so this this Rockies team at home since the end of may as we talked about they've been the best home team in baseball. <laughs> and, it's, and and then you see these wins. And we know again as as we talked about, you know, we understand that the Cubs just traded away almost their whole team. The Marlins just traded Starling Marte. Otherwise, that's the same team. They didn't just get thwomped because they didn't have their old center fielder. Great as that guy is at Coors Field. I don't think he was he was gonna swing this one. the 20 runs <laughs> in the other direction that the Marlins needed here for the run differential to come out in their favor. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think it's, I think these are building blocks, stepping stone games for some of these guys. We might look back at this as, as the time when Sam Hilliard really became a dude or the time when Connor Joe really became a dude, or maybe we'll look back at it and remember as the time they cemented themselves as very reliable role players who, who could you know be sort of like the cult heroes for the next uh group or, or whatever it is, but it these home Rockies have been extraordinarily fun to watch, and now they're swamping people like they're they're like we said, going out there and you're looking at up and down the lineup, there's nobody you're going, oh man, this guy. So-and-so is up. Even today, Dom Nunez. We, we forgot because we left out catching because I was thinking about breaking everything up, and which leaves out Elias Diaz, who's been one of their hottest players in this stretch, but just didn't play today. Dom Nunez getting in there, second-deck shot, his seventh home run of the year. So between – is Diaz at 13 and Nunez is is at 7? Seven. 7. So, we got, so 20, 20. 20 home runs from the catcher position. I mean, it's just fun right now to watch them play. I know you you start thinking too much about the future one way or the other, and, yeah, it's easy to start getting, again. Get uh, but right now, like we said at the very beginning of the show, only a handful of guys who feel like they're even scuffling at all, and that's only barely. So home Rockies, really, really good right now, feeling great. Also feeling great in celebration, getting a little illegal Pete's. Loving some illegal pizza these days. Great way to celebrate big Rockies home wins. You swing on by. There's one right down there in Lodos. You can swing by after the game. If you're watching the game at the bar, There's one right down the block from the bar as well. If you've been out in an event at the game or if you've gone to maybe a comedy show or a concert or something that day, show them your ticket on your phone or if you've got an actual ticket. They'll hook you up with a free draft beer or house mark with the purchase of an adult Andre. They've got... Happy hours from three to six every day, dollar off drafts, dollar off house margs, coin style margs, $20 party margaritas, all kinds of fun stuff there. You know you love Illegal Pete's. You know you love the queso. You know you love the burritos or the The burritos. It's time. I'm only reminding you right now that you are in the mood for Illegal Pete's so that as soon as this live show is over, you can head on over, get yourself a tasty meal. And again, if you went to the ball game today, show them your ticket, they'll hook you up with a fantastic deal. Even if you have a digital ticket, it's fine. It works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Also, of course, it's been a while since I've been able to talk about our friends at Hassel Cattle Company. If you don't feel like going out right now to the illegal peach, you'd rather eat in. Well, right now, you, you might have to wait a little bit if you don't have any in your freezer right this second the way I do. You're going to have to order it. So, In a week or so, you're going to have yourself some delicious Wagyu beef from Hassle Cattle Company. Absolutely delicious stuff. We'll get you 10% off by using promo code DNBR10. You'll get free shipping if you order over 200 bucks, which is super, super cool. But really, even if you didn't get all that stuff, I would still order from Hassle Cattle Company. It's just delicious beef. The Wagyu is absolutely wonderful. It's so good. And... They don't pump it full of antibiotics, hormones, any of that garbage. Really bad for the animals. Really bad for the environment. It's really bad when it gets into your body after eating it. It's bad for everybody. And it's not like it saves you money. Like go and check. I'm not lying to you. Go to Hassle Cattle Company right now. Check them out. H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. Check out the prices. You might be amazed, especially if you're getting in on some of the promos. So, again, getting a ground chuck, ground beef, bacon. Steaks, burgers, sausages. You you've
0: ordered a lot more frequently than I have, so you yeah. you might remember the shipping options. Is there just one general shipping option? Do they hmm. they even do like an overnight. Do they? I think they do. I they do think they now, have, Do yeah. they have one of those cool overnight ones where there's two overnight options? One you get it the next day because they're they're packing it and shipping it out overnight, and then the other one where someone quietly um, uh, a cattle a cattle ninja comes in and then when you wake up it's already in your freezer you're like that's overnight do they have that option or they are they working on
1: it cattle ninja i'll have i will have to i will have to ask them about they were working on that
0: i know they were working on that because they're like look if we're gonna it's gonna be overnight we want people to wake up with it right there in
1: their freezer what is this? I just went to double check and see what my, my cart because uh, uh, I didn't know how your question was going to end. But I just went there and uh, they got something going on. I th- I believe this Independence Day sale box is still going. A uh, hundred bucks, five pounds of ground beef, three pounds of Franks, two pounds original smoked sausage, two pounds of jalapenos, wow. cheese smoked sausage. You're getting yeah, you're getting a, a grill out, and I highly recommend to also getting the um, the seasonings. Very very good. Uh oh boy, now I'm hungry. <laughs> Ready to eat. Uh we we do speaking of which and, and draft kings and all of that and, and eating, we we did shout them out, but we can't forget our draft king of the game.
0: Yeah, speaking of beef and beefy boys, <laughs> yeah. we, we should give it up. It is who
1: you thought it was. Multi-homer
0: man, Christopher John Crone. Is that is that, is that? Is that? I read that recently. <laughs> We should know. Two home runs. We should. Including a grand salami. Just doing the damn oh thing. Four home runs at home this week on top of that, if that's not enough. 16 RBI since flying in from San Diego.
1: <laughs> 16. 16 ribbies. That's like. Unreal. It's a solid month for some guys. Like hey, all right. I do miss.
0: Look, I want the Rockies to win. I want them to go to the postseason and do what it takes to to do that. But at the end of the day, not every team can do that. And you just want baseball to be fun. And I miss the days when a guy could go to Coors Field and have almost a career in one weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I miss that. That is fun when guys can pad their stats a little bit like that. And honestly, in the last couple of years, I think some of that has to do with just how good the pitching has been for the Rockies in particular, of course, I'm not rooting for anyone on the opposing team to do that, but I, there just it doesn't seem like there's been that many homestands that have been that otherworldly. We saw Josh Fuentes do that to a degree, one player mm-hmm. of the week. We've seen Charlie Blackman do that for a handful of games here and there. I mean, yeah. CJ Cron definitely has the potential to be a player of the week. And I think that was a question, right? Are they going to have a player of the week or are they going to win a road series?
1: That's right.
0: I did say road
1: series. And they and because you were, I didn't think
0: they'd have another guy that'd be a player of the week.
1: But he's gotta be, he's gotta, he's gotta be, be in front contention runner. this week. Yeah. He's gotta be a front runner. And and that's a really good point. And I'm gonna say a name again, Starling Marte. You when you start talking about uh people who come in and you're like, I don't want to see anyone
0: every time here. you say Starling Marte, an idea that you have to wanna talk about Ryan Maltapia dies. Yeah. So yeah. you,
1: it, you know, <laughs> well, there's like a correlation.
0: That. If you I say like that Starling though. Marte, a nickel comes out of the of top. I've got, got a one-two
1: in the lineup, baby. <laughs> Left field, center field, top leading off. Starling Marte batting second. I would not be mad at that. I I think he is the perfect fit for the Rockies center field for the next couple of years. But and and he was the one guy I thought. Will Will Myers is the other one you think of. Like who's come to Coors Field for a set? Yeah. And he like, man, that guy had a Really nice month this weekend, and and Marte and Myers are the guys I can think of who've come through and just put up some monster numbers. But, yeah, you, you see C.J. Crohn do this kind of stuff, and you go, that's that's really cool, man. And, again, it sounds like he has some interest since the Rockies, you know, had belief in him and have given them this opportunity to revitalize his career and, and sticking around. And, obviously, if you're an aging hitter and you want to stay someplace that's going to, you know, if you feel comfortable here, like, I, I can hit. <laughs> so why don't I just keep doing this? And he may be that perfect bridge. You know, I, I've been thinking about other people as this bridge between Crone and, and Toglia eventually. Yeah. And he was like, actually, what if it's just CJ Crone? Two more years and then Toglia takes over. I, I've got no problems with that plan. He's endeared himself to the fans on top of everything else, too. He's been a great guy in the clubhouse. Uh, I, I've been hearing more and more about that. Uh, and the way he's kind of become a leader down there. So fun stuff. Yeah. Mark Reynolds was
0: 32 and 33 years old when uh, he had his, his two years with, with Colorado before, you know, returning in in 2019. So he's kind of right in that range. And that, that I think is another one of those hacks in a sense, if you will, Hey, you know, what do the Rockies need to do to have a consistent winner or what's some of the things that they've learned and, Again, of course field being so unique, there's, there's still so much that's unknown, but starting pitching, develop it from within. They've kind of have that figured out now. And one of those other things is, you know, what? let's just have a guy in his early thirties, bring him in for a year or two to play first base. We'll get a lot of bang for our buck. And, you know, Todd Helton was that guy for a long time. So they didn't really have to, they really weren't able to try that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and You know, with universal DH, it only makes that much more sense that you could do that. Heck, you could probably even have a rotating cast. You could almost have two of those kind of guys at first base, potentially. Of those um, older sluggers, thirty-two by far is uh, by no means you know old, but no. I've got another one I want. You've got that. You've got that option. And and again, if if Michael Michael could totally be the answer, then you never have to think about it again. But until that time, like you said, until you when you need that bridge, until then. Hey, let's just let's just re up these guys. You're thirty one, thirty two. Step into our office. That's right.
1: I'm 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 taking them. I'm taking them right now, especially because the DH is coming to the National League next year, which just let's increases in. your your options. But I've, I've I've got Charlie penciled in for most of the, the DH at bats over the next couple of years too. So, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting when you look out there at the team, uh, man. and Like you said, it, the the big key, I think, if they're really trying to prove to people that they can, as Goody came on the show the other day and said, they're trying to turn around and compete next year. Um, well, they've got a lot to prove. Then in these last couple of months here with these players, they, they've got a lot to do, and then they have to absolutely nail free agency, and uh, that's going to be a, a bigger challenge than you know, I I think, but. There's a ton of free agents also. That's the one thing is like, oh, I've been looking at the list. There's a lot of those guys, a lot of B-level dudes. You know, I want Starling Marte and Mark Canna. Those are the guys I want. Those are those early 30s guys who can still rake a little bit but bring you some stuff like you are talking about with Crone. But uh, that's one of the funny things about baseball, right, too, is, is you go, hey, that's maybe not the way you draw it up. And you would have said the Giants should have blown this thing up years ago. Got rid, got rid of all of these dudes. You know, but shoot, there they go. They might still win the damn division. So, you know, it, it, it's uh, not necessarily an impossibility, but they've got a lot to prove. So that's why we're going to be watching. If that is their plan, and it sounds like it is, you got to watch these final months that much more closely and be that much more scrutinizing of everything that happens with Hilliard, Joe, Hampson, Daza. Are any of those guys starters, or are they bench players? We need the answer to that now if you're trying to compete next year. Uh, you know, it, it, is Ryan McMahon a star of the future or a nice piece? Is Brendan Rogers a star of the future or a nice piece? You know, are you going to bring back C.J. Crone? Because I think that's a good start There is Does Blackman have those years left in him? One thing you don't have to question, though, and that's why you feel great and you start. Is you just look over there at that starting pitching rotation? You go, Marquez, Gomber, Freeland. Presumably, they're working on bringing back Gray here, Sensatella, and then after that, you get to add Peter Lambert, Ryan Rollison, and Chichi's probably still going to be around. And you go, they don't have to go looking for starting pitching. That'll
0: be that'll be important in those those cold winter nights when maybe other teams are making transactions, particularly big transactions with the free agents. And the Rockies are kind of just waiting in the weeds and like, hey, you know, CJ Cron's the guy we've wanted all along. But let's let the chips fall where they may and give them the minor league invite. And so it seems like it's somewhat of a – last ditch effort or uh, let's, you know, let's kind of see what's left over. And sometimes you understand that. I think sometimes that, that obviously can work out. If you're, if you're a front runner, you got to go and get that piece that you think is the last thing that you're going to need to win. And because the Rockies aren't exactly there yet, they can wait and they can be patient and say, Hey, you know what? The market for Marcana is not as much as it is for Starling Marte. So we'll let Marte go and then we'll engage with, with Canna's people or vice versa Whatever that is, you know, we'll see. You know, Crone's been playing well enough that I think, you know, there could be some other suitors too. Uh, those right. those small market teams. I mean, look where he kicked around between Minnesota and Tampa Bay and Detroit, and you're oh, like, oh dear. man, Detroit, okay, yeah. starting to see a little bit of a pattern here. And in fact, yeah. if you're if you're interested in some of those sort of B market or uh, B level players, mm-hmm. just look who's a free agent for the Twins, Tigers, Tampa, and then go. This is probably who the Rockies might be targeting uh, and targeting closer to January and February than, yeah. you know, the, the first second that they can go out and sign a free agent
1: But to me, and, and I said this the other day, I think that may be a blessing in disguise, honestly, because it does two things. One, it doesn't tie you to any of them. The way you've been tied to star players for almost your entire existence is the Colorado Rockies. And that means when they're playing well, you've got a chance if you put just the right pieces around them. And if they're hurt the way Cargo and Tulo kept Bane, then you you have you can't do anything because you're not a big market team that can sustain long periods of time where your star players aren't playing well. So if you can't afford star players or they're not signing with you whatever, as you put it, you got to go around and get all these B guys. I think that's better anyway because you need three or four B guys, not one or two A guys. Freddie Freeman doesn't make you contenders suddenly, but Marte, a Canna, uh, maybe an Angleton Simmons as a defensive replacement who doesn't hit at all, but on the cheap and your shortstop is okay. You're not forcing Rogers to play there. You can leave him at second stuff like that where it, it takes the burden off of any one of those guys having to be the star player. And it leaves you money to again, spend in the same principled way in the bullpen. Because you have to get better in the bullpen, but you can't. We all know you can't just go and spend on the three best relievers that are available. They did that once. <laughs> they're relievers. They're not. <laughs> yeah, they're the most volatile people in all of sports, and so going and throwing all that money at Jake McGee, Brian Shaway, Davis makes no sense. Picking up Greg Holland, Chris Rusin, Adam Ottavino, Scott Oberg. These are the guys that, that you just don't know who they're going to be. So you need six or seven of them. You need fifteen relievers to show up at next spring training, fighting for eight spots. And so, if you, you, you know,
0: yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, do we think that? And this is more an off-season topic, but it's a seed to plant and a seed to think about. And again, if
1: yeah, we kind you can of moved move, into that, yeah.
0: If you're at the DNVR bar and you're just talking up somebody's ear and picking their brain, ask them, do you think the Rockies, what are they going to do after story? Supposing that, you know, he, he signs elsewhere. Yeah. Are they going to continue in the lineage of homegrown shortstops? That being Clint Barmas, Troy Tulitsky, yeah. Trevor story, right. or are they going to go to that era of, in like 2003 and 2004, where they had to go to Jose Hernandez and Royce Clayton. And even before then he had Nafi Perez, but there was that little block there. Juan Uribe got an opening day start too in 2002. He was homegrown,
1: but on your shortstop, what a time that was,
0: <laughs> but that's, that's been one of those marquee positions for the organization. I mean, again, I know mm-hmm. Nafi Perez, you know, never, you know, made a postseason, but he, he, he held down the fort for a very long, uh, you know, period of time when the Rockies, you know, weren't so hot. But nevertheless, are, are they is, – is Trejo going to get the reins and what be the for first shortstop? Does Rogers right. move over? Say, or do, do they have the to sign this one-year deal with like an Angelton Simmons?
1: Like I, I I like the idea of a, a Simmons or you know, – there's a lot of free agent shortstops actually, so – Freddie Galvis might be there in their price range. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, and, and I thought uh, – you know, I want to ask you this. What do you think of Brendan Rogers? shortstop of the future. Is that a scary proposition? An exciting proposition? I mean defensively we haven't seen a ton of him there, right? We know he came up as a shortstop and before he hurt his shoulder in the minors the defensive profile was always really good. What do you I mean
0: I would say based on some of the the scouts that I've spoken to about his defensive play, if he were to go to shortstop, I think he, he might have to change his body type maybe a little bit. He may have to make certain adjustments that could actually impede some of the improvements he's made at the plate. Yeah, we
1: don't That's want something
0: that. that I worry about. Right. And you just yeah. say, look, he's comfortable. He's fine as he is. He's just had his first big league season. Like let's let him, you know, enjoy that revel in it, try to make the next step to be a superstar. So you know what, if he's more comfortable at second base and in, in doing that, I'm sure he would love the challenge. You know, you ask him, he's like, yes, Yes, he I want to go back it. to playing shortstop. And yeah. he should say that. He, you know, he's gonna. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you keep him at second base, and maybe even he transitions to third base potentially, depending on you know what happens with Aaron Schunk and, and some other guys in the system. But I, I think he probably is just better served playing second base. Mm-hmm. But if you give him that challenge, I think he could I think he could step up to it. Um and you'd you'd see improvement defensively with him at shortstop in, in year one. Then you know, year two, he really starts to get comfortable. But again, do do you want that to be his focus, or do you want him to just say, "Look, stay inside yourself. Here's your game. You've been a second baseman for a while now at the big league level. You're crushing pitching. Stay comfortable. Do that. There's not as much pressure on him defensively. Right. That's the better situation that you're setting him up for success.
1: Right. No, I agree. I agree with you there. I just I've. The as I was thinking about it, it's like, yep, the, the offense is gonna be harder to find because if you're bringing in Simmons, you're not adding you're not adding any offense um there whatsoever. And as I was running through this and just because I put just in my head as we were talking, I was like, I put Marte in center and I put Mark Cannon right, I've made Charlie the DH, uh, and then I've got Crone at first, and then I was like McMahon plays either third or second. Obviously, shortstop becomes your giant question mark here. So if you put Rodgers at at shortstop and you're excited about it, McMahon moves to third, and or I'm sorry, to second, and Colton Welker or Ryan Vallade at third base becomes really fun and exciting. Or you could try to go out and get. But I'm assuming I've spent my entire budget on Marte, Canna, Crone, John Gray, and a bullpen, so I'm not going to get too excited about you know adding a slugger at third base. That's where I think you've got the most exciting prospect. Is third, with either Valade or Welker. So if Rogers could play short and you added big in the outfield, this is an off-season podcast topic all of a sudden we're going to wrap up. It's just where my brain went to. I, mean, I guess you want
0: Ryan McMahon at second base?
1: Yeah, Ryan McMahon at second, Brendan Rogers at short, Colton Welker at third, CJ Crone at first, Tapia, Marte, Canna in the outfield, Nunez, Diaz. My worry would just be outfield. that there's very right-handed heavy, right? Those yeah, are that's a that very – yeah, yeah. right-handed
0: uh same thing for for welker I, I do hope that you know we we he gets to make some growth this year now that he's um he's active and his his suspension has kind of run its course so it'll be interesting to see him i don't think we'll see Eliuris uh, montero just yet he'll, he'll be in AAA, but he could come up next year he's been he's been really good streaky but still really good at at hartford and at a, at a in a league in double a that is not very hitter friendly in the in the double eight eastern league so he's been exciting too and and valade would be a a good you know corner outfield
1: option too yeah and mark yeah if hilliard is really a thing and i can't afford canna and i'm really just going all in on starling Marte, which again i don't think one b-level free agent gets it done but hilliard and right there's your lefty but um yeah you're right i mean obviously with, with with the me going after two right-handed outfield free agents right there. You're, you're very right-handed heavy. And so more stuff to think about, but it just kind of going, you know what? Yeah. That's a lineup that I think could compete with this starting rotation. Assuming the bullpen isn't an epic disaster, which is one of those things you just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're seeing as they go, they didn't blow it in any of these ones. As it turned out, <laughs> the Rock able to hold on for some wins. So, uh, fun, fun baseball. They go out on the road now. Uh, <laughs> it might get much tougher. This is what you got to see, though, because, again, they got to prove it. Yeah, It's it's nice that the young guys are, are, as we pointed out before, some of them more inexperienced than actually young, but I still think plenty of them have opportunities to be late bloomers, uh, as it were. You got to do it on the road. You, you got to show an ability to go out. We've seen it from Rodgers. And that's it. <laughs> you know some of the yeah. best. Tapia, Tapia, we've always known. Tapia's never got yeah. a. He, he, his everything he does translates to everywhere. The rest of the guys have got to figure out how to find consistency on the road. Hilliard wants to win, Mark. If, if if Hilliard wants to get into that mix and be one of those guys, Diaz, if he wants to prove he's the catcher of the future, uh, you know McMahon, these guys got to get it done on the road. So we'll see. Hang out with us. We'll find out.
0: And yeah, we'll be live tomorrow. We'll break down that that Astros series. Framber Valdez, Jake Odorizzi going for Houston. Quick little two game set in Houston before they have four games in San Francisco, all at seven oh five. Seems late. That's a late one. I mean it's only an hour of difference, but still just seeing a Thursday night game at seven oh five
1: is is unique to say the least. Yeah. So hang out with us, see how they manage on this road trip. Like Patrick said, we'll be live for you to preview all of the road trip tomorrow. That's Monday for those of you listening to this at any end or other time. Make sure you are joining us for the lives on the YouTube. You can hit the bell icon. It'll let you know when we're actually going live. You can join the conversation. We appreciate you all for leaving your comments. Make sure you are subscribed to the dnvr.com. All the written content and the discounts and the free shirt and the Discord channel, all the stuff that comes with the membership that I don't always remember everything. And, of course, follow everybody on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. We appreciate all of you for continuing to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. I promise that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. Until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.